high God, something is wrong. Something's off. Glory to God. Whew. I think I was up at three o'clock. We went to bed late last night and woke up at three something this morning. And it's like, okay, this is what I want you to tell us. I'm like, okay. But I, he told me to announce to you, this is, the, I mean, we still going to have worship songs. Don't get it deep. But it's not going to be about the program. It's only going to be about the kingdom. So if you want people to learn about how to operate according to the kingdom of God, tell them this is where you want to be. Tune in. Because this is what you're going to need. And I'm not talking about a long time from now. I'm talking about very, very soon. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. today. You need to learn how to do this today. You know, people say in the Marine Corps, what, when did they teach you about how to fight the enemy? Day one. They teach you how to fight the enemy day one. You know how, to, how you got to fight the battle first? You got to win the battle up here first. So the first, first uh, nine weeks, they just working on reshaping your mind or your way of thinking. Because if you go into combat with that old way of thinking, you're going to get killed and you're going to get somebody else killed with you. It's not until like the ninth week before they ever put a weapon in your hand and teach you uh, st strategies for combat. The first week, which is called formation week, is just to get you understanding you are no longer a civilian. You're no longer a civilian. Now you're a Marine. Well, you're, you're a recruit. You're not even a Marine yet. They don't call you a Marine until you complete all the tests, pass all the phases, and, they, and you graduate. Up until that, you are a recruit. And the, and the first phase is all about forming your way of thinking forming your way of thinking. So what are we going to do? Form your way of thinking according to the kingdom, not according to some book so-and-so wrote, not according to some word and prophet so-and-so wrote, because the prophet only gives you a snapshot. I know because we operate in, in that where it, you get a snapshot. You never get the full picture ever. The only one who's ever given a, a picture, a more detailed picture of what was going on was Jesus. A man only gets a snapshot. And if you go base your life off of what somebody said and you don't do your homework and get before God to find out what your part and what is being said, you're going to derail your life and you're going to get off. And many people have gotten off to the point that even if, if they hear from the word coming across the pulpit, they cannot receive it unless prophet so-and-so said it too. Prophets Apostles, evangelists, pastors, and teachers all are supposed to work together to mature you to do the works of the ministry. Prophets don't, are not, are not uh, predictors. That's what you call a psychic. Prophets give you a snapshot. Hey, this is what's coming. How is it going to happen? Well, we don't know, but this is what's coming. And then you, if I, yes, sir, he says, if I give you a word, like if I spoke a word over Talon today, Talon, the Lord told me to tell you, hey, he has great works for you. You're going to be one of his great generals in the army leading this final charge to, 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 to make a mark in Greeley and Osgood. It will never be erased and it will go throughout the nation of Canada. If I spoke that word into his life today, I only told him the finish. I didn't tell him how he was going to get there. 
That's not my responsibility to tell them how to get there. My responsibility is to say what thus says the Lord. And then if God tells me to share more things with him, then I will. I can, if I told him, and this is how you're going to do it, and this is what you need to do, and this is what you need to do, I might be speaking from my own spirit and from my own heart, but I'm not speaking from the spirit of God. Because God doesn't, get, doesn't, it doesn't operate that way. Go back and look at it for yourself. He goes step by step by step by step by step. He says, prime example, Joshua. When Joshua and the children of Israel were going to take, was going to go possess the land, he didn't tell them about Jericho until it was time to go into Jericho. He didn't tell them about what was going the next battle until it was time to go into the next battle. What did Joshua have to do every day? He had to inquire of the Lord. When God told Noah to build the ark, he had Noah, this is what I want you to do, and this is how I want you to do it. But what did Noah do? He Noah did one part and then he would. God would give him the next. And Noah would do the next part, and then God would do him the next. But guess what? If Noah didn't do anything, God didn't talk. Why? Because you haven't done the last thing I told you to do. And he says, to tell my body that you are looking for me to tell you the next thing, he said, you haven't even done the first thing I told you to do. He says, you're deceived if you think he's going to tell you the next, and you haven't done the first thing he told you to do. As parents, if I go to, if I, as a parent, if I go tell you to clean your room and you talk about you want to take the car out and hang out with your friends, but I can't even get you to clean your room, how can I trust you to go out and do everything you're supposed to do in the car? It's a process. We talked about this last week. With God is faithfulness is how you get promoted. Not, not, Okay, you did that one time and then you don't do anything else. No, God says it's your faithfulness. Are you faithful over the little things? And then I can make you rule over that which is much. But if you're not faithful over that which is little, I can't make you rule over that which is much. Why? Because you won't be faithful to it. That's what he, that's what he said yesterday, did he? He said that yesterday in the meeting. That was one of the words I got to give to them. Consecration doesn't mean to add more stuff. Consecration means I'm going to be have you begin to remove things out of your way that have become awesome. He says, he says some, some people are in so many meetings now, they don't have time for God. Do you know you become so busy doing the things of God that you don't even make time for God? Pause and think about that for a second. You're so busy doing the things of God, you don't have time for God, and you think because I'm doing stuff, I'm, I, man, I'm being effective. God says you are not. You are using a lot of energy and getting very little result. But he said, he, he told me to come and share, so I'm doing exactly what he told me. He was saying, this is what I want you to tell my people. So busy does not mean fruitful. Busy does not mean fruitful. Did you know Noah preached the same message for over a hundred years? You know how many converts he had? Zero. But God said, 
He was a prosperous man. Why? Because he did what God told him to do. Anybody interested in doing what God told him to do? Anybody? Anybody interested in doing what God told him to do? Or what society says you should do? The church is letting the world redefine how the church is supposed to behave. And they don't even believe in the God that you believe in. They don't even believe in the book you believe in. But they'll tell you how you're supposed to love. You're supposed to love me. So you're just supposed to accept all the foolishness that I do. Absolutely not. I can love you and never condone anything you do. Love is unconditional. It means my condition of loving you is not based off of the level of crazy you got going on in your life. But, it's, but my, my lovely reminded me of something that we prophesied over, we was prophesying over this church, you say five years ago? Five years ago. This church will be known by its level of love, one towards another and love towards others to the point where people will see you, see the love of God that's on you and be drawn to you and want what you have to give. But if you are mean as a snake, I don't want to talk to you. So why do you think somebody who is not in the body of Christ would ever want to deal with you if all you come is just beating the heck, beating them down? That, 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 how's that working out? Friendly fire. In the military, it's called friendly fire. Friendly fire means when you shoot your own. This is the only unit I've ever been, not our unit here, but I'm talking about in the body of Christ, who shoot their own. I don't agree with a lot of things that people say. You know what I do? I pray for them. Because me talking about them doesn't change them. We pray for them. We pray for them. Because talking about them is never going to change it. Because I'm calling those things to be as if they are and they will stay the way that they are. Happy Father's Day Amen. to all you fathers who were who who stepped up to the plate. You know, I I learned something. I I I would say, if I count the number of surrogate children that I have as being a uh, youth pastor, pastor against it, it it far exceeds any ones that I could have fathered. I see children who are uh, young men today who used to be part of our youth ministry years ago who are pastors today. Leaders of organizations today. And it's just like glory to God. It's not even based on me. It was all about God. And still, and who have kids who reach back and they keep, they reach out and send you pictures of their wedding, invite you to their weddings and send you pictures of their children. So fathers, even if you don't necessarily see the fruit today, does not mean that you haven't produced good fruit. Yes, sir. He says, even if they never give you credit for it. I'm standing here today as a result of what my biological father sold into my life, but more so of what my help dad sold into my life. Anybody can father a child. It takes a real man to be a dad. 
we salute you. Thank you so very much, sir. Thank you all so very much. All right, now that the temperature gauge is set, we're gonna bring on our, uh, our fire, our fire. There's so much more he has in store for you. This is only the tipping point. There's so much more he has in store for you, son. It's only the tipping point. You haven't even seen what he has in store. But preparation is never a wasted time. So I'm gonna step aside. I'm gonna let Brother Talon come up and, and pray. Uh, Brother Talon has a, has a uh, YouTube channel called the uh, Church and State. If you go to our featured channels on our YouTube, you'll see it and click on it, sub subscribe to us, support him. Uh, he, brings, he brings the politics from a Christian point of view and he, he brings humor with it as well. So you're not, you know, just like, you know, dry like the Sahara Desert, but he brings it on a level for those on his, at his age group. But how many people know just because you have more, you're, you have more years on the calendar than he has, if you're young at heart, you can still receive something too. The people who were ministering yesterday were, are much, are younger than, but not, not, not that much younger, but they're younger than we are. And what they were doing yesterday, a, a cry out to God and God met them where they're at. He met them where they're at. So brother Talon, if you come up, I'm gonna step to the side and let you do your thing. And you know how to, yeah. Might have to pop into the squad here. <laughs> Need a chair or something. <laughs> Jeez. Am I going to get on my knees, my pen? Jeez. All right. Dear God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to come together in your name, Lord. Lord, we can see those young people, the ones who have such a heart for you, Lord, and you bring them back to you. Even this week, Lord, as you've drawn us closer to you, as you've drawn both me and my friends, Lord, I can see you reaching out to the people of Greeley, Osgood, Metcalf, Lord, those young people whose hearts are longing for you. Lord, call them back to your name. Bring them back to your law, to your word, to your grace, because they need you more than ever. Lord, fill their hearts with you, Lord. Fill them with your spirit, your anointing, and your power. Lord, more than ever, Lord. Their hearts are crying out for you. Lord, hear their, hear their cries. Hear their longings. Come into their lives, Lord. Fill them. Because they need you, they want you. And for those who don't even know it yet, rise up people, bring them up into the ones whose lives need you the most, Lord. Lord, I can see leaders coming up even, even from Greeley and Metcalf, Lord, and from across Ottawa. Let these people speak in your name let them go out into the streets and bring 
more fruit, more Christians, more faithful people for your name, Lord. Lord, we ask that nothing come against them. We ask that no mental illness or the things that come against them in their own lives, whether sexual immorality, whether it's any anything that'll stop them from coming to your name, Lord, we bind it. We come against it in Jesus' name. Lord, it has no right over the minds of these young kids. Lord, that there's such an evil going on around us and they have everything stacked against them, Lord. But we know that those who are with us are more than those who are against us, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord, we come against it right now. Nothing will stop them, Lord. That nothing will stop what you've planned for them, that you've planned for their lives, that you've planned for their souls. Lord, it's your desire that none will, none will go to hell. Lord, save these people. Hear our cries. Hear our calls now, Lord. And reach out to those who are doing evil even now. Lord, we have such a heart for these people. I know Pastor Milton has such a heart for the youth of this area. Lord, and answer our prayers, Lord. Hear us now for the young people in Ottawa. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, I do want to, I do want to, yes, sir. Because one thing to talk about what you want to do for an area is another thing to do it. So we are actually starting, we've been in contact with a group called The Code Ottawa. It's a mentorship program in Ottawa. And before the end of the year, we will have a mentorship program in Greeley. That's one for, for males. Um, when we used to do the Alive Club, I would say 90, 85 to 90% of the people who would come every time we met were, were males, which said, told us that they're looking for direction. So your work is just beginning, brother. See, we will, we will, we will train them. He will lead them. Did y'all hear that? We will train them. He will lead them. What do we expect out of it? Nothing. So as they come and we train them, we're going, we're going to help train you so you can lead them in the way that they should go. So we, as, we will help catch train them. All right, brother. All right, brother. There you go. All right, there you go. He doesn't, he didn't know any of that. Yeah. We talked about it before, about what he would do. But as far as how it would go on, that's how it's going to happen. So we're going to start a mentorship program. 
we're getting all the details and all that, how to go about doing all that. And we will identify young men in the community, and there's a lot in Osgood who need direction. And we will come together and it'll be a separate, it'll be something altogether separate where we'll do that on a separate day and we will train them and then you will lead them. And then you will teach them that to be, out, be able to go out and reach their own people of their age level, on their level, in a way that they can receive it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So. Yeah. That's how it, that's how it works. That's what this is all about. I, I it's cool. We get to speak. Praise God. But that's not what it's about. Not for me. My 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 MO is easy. Ephesians 4 12 to mature the saints, to do the work of the ministry, to grow the body of Christ. That's it, that's all. Other thing, Sam, as part of, part of our, our assignment is, is to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and turn the hearts of the children back to the father mm-hmm. and to prepare people ready to meet the Lord. Mm-hmm. And you and I both know there's a lot of men out there mm-hmm. who need to be turned back to their children a lot of children's hearts need to be turned back to their fathers, and we need to get them prepared to meet the Lord. So we're going to have to have men who are who are who are in our group who are know how to train and grow up other men. When I tell you it's not going to be the way it used to be, I, 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 there is no doubt. That, I mean, hear what I'm saying. I'm not even giving you lip service. We are already down the street, around the corner. It's it's so. It's already, it's been going on, but it's, it's just hyped up to a different level. There's men. So we have a, we have a, we have a, <clears throat> a group called the, the unit and that's what we do. And that's what we were doing before all the COVID stuff hit was having breakfast with one another, fellowship with one another and just having men talk. And what happens at the unit stays at the unit. We never tell anybody, not even your spouse. Chewing doesn't know anything that goes on at the unit. She just knows we we were there. She don't know what we talked about. None of that. And the whole thing is, is helping people to grow to be all that God called you to be. So when it comes to the mentorship program, we're, there's gonna, we're going to need help from men who want to help partner with us to mentor the youth of this community. Not just in Greeley, but in Greeley, in Osgood. Metcalf and beyond. People ask when they ask, "Where's the church at?" I said, "Well, the depot is is in Greeley." They like, "And where?" I'm in Greeley. They like, "You mean like down south and out?" It's like, "Absolutely." Praise God. Why won't you move to Ottawa? Because the Father told me we're supposed to be in Greeley. So that's where we're going. Anybody ever heard of Rod Parsley? He's a preacher. He's a pastor in the United States uh, World Harvest Church in Columbus, Ohio. If you go see where his church is located at, when he built his church out there, people thought he was crazy. They not they didn't after a few years they wasn't laughing because he was right out where God called him to be. And when he first built that church out there, 
Doug, there was cornfields everywhere. There's still cornfields out there, but they're not everywhere because they're churches outside the city of Columbus, Ohio. People thought he was crazy. All right. All right, I think we're ready now. So, so Talon, we will be talking, sir. Now, does Talon have to come join our church? Nope. Maybe he wants to, praise God, but does he have to? Absolutely not. We don't sheep steal. But if you say you want to get trained, we'll train you. We'll train you. And then say, all right, get out there and get to work. Okay. So, Father, we make this declaration unto you that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me for because you have anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. You have sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to open up the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To a point, yeah. So appoint unto them that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for the, um, for get, uh, bah, 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 bah. to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Yeah. 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 And they shall reveal the old waste. Yeah. And they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for this opportunity in your word. We thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but Father, let it be a demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're already here. Continue to move up and down each and every aisle. Touch each and every person across the airways, each and every household represented here. Let it be all of you. I have decreased that you may increase. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Julie, the name of this message is Diamond in the Rough. You are a diamond in the rough. Jerry, God told me to remind you of this. He says, I came that you may have life in abundance to the full until it overflows. So if you are not experiencing life in abundance to the full until it overflows, we're going to talk about today, why is that not happening? See, when I'm talking, saying when I'm talking about diamond and rough, what I'm talking about is someone or something that has been has hitting exceptional characteristics or future potential, but currently lacks the final touches that would make them truly stand out from the crowd. See, you have all the potential, you have all the characteristics, 
you have all these things on the inside of you, but you only lack one, a few little things that will cause you to stand out from the crowd. It's, a, it's actually a metamorphic, metam, uh, metamorphic term which relates to the fact that naturally occurring diamonds, diamonds, diamonds are quite ordinary when you first see them in their original state. And through their, and, and their true beauty as jewels is only revealed, I realized through the cutting and polishing process, that's sanctification, that's consecration. See, you're a jewel in God's eyes, he sees you as that you are the apple of God's eyes. You are a precious jewel. And, and but a lot of people are like that diamond, that, di that diamond in the rough. It looks rough on the outside right now. He says, but if you allow me to take you through this process, if you allow me to consecrate you in your spirit and your soul and in your body, he says, I'll make you that precious jewel you was predestined to be from the foundation of the world. You may ask, what does the word consecration mean? Consecration simply means, out of Webster 1828, is the act or ceremony of separating a common to a sacred use. So he says, I'm gonna take you from a, a, a separation from something that was common to a sacred use. or of devoting and de uh, dedicating a person or a thing to the service and worship of God. See, God is saying, I wanna consecrate you. I want you to let me take you through this process of consecration in your spirit and in your soul and in your body because I have a purpose for you from the foundation of the world. I had a plan for you from the foundation of the world. It doesn't matter what it looks like today. It doesn't matter how many times you fail. It doesn't matter how many times you've missed it. It doesn't even matter how many times you bumped your head. Father says, I have a purpose and plan and process for you. And if you allow me to take you through this process, he says, I'll have you coming up like gold. You will become a vessel of honor, ready for the master's use. See, we're going through the process of consecration, not so people are going to say, y'all so holy. Nope, has nothing to do with it. It's like, hey, they, let, do a work in us that you might do a work through us. That's what consecration means. Do it in a work in us that you might do a work through us. Now, I want, you to, I want to tell you this, though. If you, even if you go to a consecration service, like we did yesterday, you're in a consecration service, the spirit is high, the whole nine yards. God says the consecration is only the starting point. It's not the finish line. See, somebody can, I can wave my hands over you, go shaka-ka-ka-ba-ka-ba-ba-ba, and all that, and put more oil on, you have more oil on you than a piece of fried chicken. But guess what? If you don't walk out of that, service and do the things that need to be done the only thing is you went in there with, with a dry head you came out with a greasy head and everything and nothing even though you had an encounter nothing has changed yet not for the not for the long haul he says this he says consecration is a heart decision not a head decision 
And that's where so many people in the body of Christ are deceived right now. They think, I got all this knowledge. I don't read this book. I don't did this. I don't need that. You have information. You have very little uh, understanding or, revel or in uh, revelation on it. So you have very little wisdom when it comes to that particular topic. You have a lot of information about it. But God says, I need you to allow me to take you beyond that part. See, Sam, I can tell you this. What you did before pales in comparison that to what he purposed for you to do now if you allow him to take you through this process. You reached a certain amount of people before. It was effective before. You have no idea how much more effective it'll be when you allow him to take you through this process. And yes, sir, he says, and his part is a matter of removing any obstacles or hindrances or old mindsets or old ways of thinking that have hindered you, that distract you, that keeps you from going all in to what it is that I've called you to do. See, we had this conversation with pastors yesterday, and this is what we've been telling them for the last month. No shame. No shame here. Doesn't matter what you've done. No shame here. And the reason why is this. If the adversary can keep you in shame, he never has to worry about you doing all God called you to do. Cause you, I can't do that because somebody's going to find out I, I, I used to be an alcoholic. Or somebody's going to find out I used to be a homemonger. Somebody's going to find out I was molested as a child. Somebody's going to find out I've been married 20 times. Somebody's going to find out. Somebody's going to find out. Somebody's going to find out. Guess what? If people talking about you and they point one finger at you, they got three fingers pointing back at themselves because they got just as much junk in their closet as you do. The only difference is, is you're beginning to clean your closet out. Can I get one amen? And it's Presbyterian, Catholic, Pentecostal, Epithelic Church this morning. Glory to God. If you don't let God clean your closet, anybody ever move and you find out, where did all this junk come from? Anybody ever move and find out y'all had more junk than you realized that you had? Just like bags of just stuff, just stuff. You can't even fit it no more. You wore that shirt when you was in high school. You can't even get your pinky finger in that shirt right now. You say, I'm a girl, I'm gonna get back to that size. Okay. I'm not saying that you can't, but I mean, okay. Right, some some guys still got that old, you know, that rusty. That rusty old thing that they've been, they move it, take it from house to house. You know, there is no chance, there is no resurrection life in that thing. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. And see, consecration is all about is getting stuff, removing stuff out of the way. You said, you said, Pastor, give me a, a, a scriptural verse on this. Okay. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. says this, he says, lay aside. He didn't say God was gonna do it. It says, laying aside every weight. Now weights are not sin. Does not necessarily have to be a sin. Weights can be anything that you allow to get coming between you and carrying out what God called you to do. Wait, did you know going to 25 different Bible studies during a week can become a weight? Mm 
but I'm I'm in the word. No, you're not in the word. You you in a you in a social group. When you really want to spend time with God, you want to really get pinpoint information from God. That's you and Him together. You and Him, because the Bible study will give you a a, a, a five thousand foot view. Like we give you a a view of to start from. But when you take what you've heard and you get back before God and, okay, Lord, I heard what he said, give me the plan on how to carry it out. And then you do it. See, we're good at taking notes. Huh? Boy, I tell you what, Doug, I know Doug and I was talking about this one time about the number of notebooks that we got. You know, I got this number. He's like, well, I got this number. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I got this number. <laughs> All these books we got, right? But it doesn't matter how many books you have read if you never do it. And that's the deception. That's why God said people deceive you. I got all this information. You walking around like what, what, what's uh, uh, Pinky in the Brain. You remember the cartoon we talked about, Pinky in the Brain? The brain has this huge head with all this information, but he got this little bitty body. So he can't do half the stuff that he has in his head to do. And that's, that's like a lot of uh, believers on Sunday morning. They like fat sheep, just like just blown up with all this information on the inside of them. And the reason why they blown up like that is because they never walk and begin to do what it is that they heard, so they get very little result. You walk around here with it, and the spirit, your head is huge, but your body is little bitty, because it's never gotten down into your spirit. You are a spirit that lives in a body that possesses a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. You could have all that head knowledge and it never get down into your heart. And you just, you're just a big headed sheep with a little bitty body walking around here and you get little results and you going back to God, God, what's wrong with your word? And he's looking at you like, absolutely nothing. It'll work for you if you work it. Calm down back there, Rita. Boy, I see you take it off around the room. Calm down, calm down. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says, lay aside every weight and sin. So, you know, weights do not, weights can be playing golf on Sundays. Weights, because the weather is nice, can be people out there on their, on their sea dues. Weights can be hanging out, at, hanging out here and hanging out there when you're supposed to be sitting under the word of God. All kinds of things can be weights. And every weight and every sin which so easily besets you or snares you. You know what gets you, you know what gets you. You know you can't walk past that refrigerator late at night. <laughs> Jerry, I know that ice cream cake is in there and Rita's already asleep and, and, uh, and uh, you and the dog Jake are sitting in there and Jake ain't gonna tell nobody that you about to eat some of that ice cream cake because as long as you give him some, he's good to go. But you know, your doctor already told you, you shouldn't be eating no ice cream cake. This ain't gonna hurt nobody, <laughs> won't nobody know. That, yeah, y'all know everybody got one. So don't, don't be looking at me with your religious eyes. Not me, Pastor, I'm just me and Jesus. That might be one of your weights, cause you're too deep. You so deep, can't nobody relate to you. I know I used to be like that, Sam. I, I used to work at this plant. And when I first got saved for, 
for real, for real, I stopped dating God and got married to him. And uh, um, I would go to the plant because I was religious. I couldn't talk to you sinners because y'all going to hell, right? So I worked at the plant for 12 hours, didn't say anything. God said, I need you to talk to the people. I'm like, okay, bet. I got this. I got this. Because then I learned a few scriptures. Then I got a couple scriptures under my belt now. So when somebody would say something, I would, they would say something to me. And I'd be like, yeah, but the word of God says this. You better get it before you're going to hell. Right? And he's like, whoa, brother. I need you to stop sending people to hell. I need the same you. Your same personality, but with my word. So my weight was I had a legalistic mind because that's what I knew. I knew, a, I knew of God. I knew some of God's word, but I didn't know how to live it. So legalism was my weight. And then when I came back next time, child, I got him this time. I got him. I was ready. I was ready for him. When they came, they're like, hey, man. And they was, I said, hey, how you doing? Because when I spoke, everybody, because I'd already been sending people to hell, for the last few weeks, when I said hello, they was thinking like, you about to send me to hell again today. I'm like, hey, how y'all doing, man? How what y'all up to? They're like, we good. How are you? Man, I just went to this party, man. He was off the chain, man. He was crazy. They're like, really? I'm like, man, they was dancing and singing. Woo. They're like, where is this at, man? We got to go. I said, Word of Faith International Christian Center. They're like, what? I said, it was a church, man. We had a fight, man. It was off the chain. And that point right there, Sam, is when things shifted. Because now I was being the very thing I was learning I was supposed to be, a witness, to be an example. I'm not carrying the weight that you got to be all the way fixed before I can talk to you. You know how many people we wanted Jesus? You know what I mean? We started a Bible study there. On one shift, it wouldn't cost three shifts just by let stop being legalistic and be the word. Do the word I was hearing. Walk in love towards them. What does that look like, Lord? Pray for them, but they're heathens. It ain't going to work anyway, Lord. I'm going to pray for them. They're going to go right back there doing that stuff. They're going to they be smoking weed. they probably going to be smoking weed while I'm praying for them. What does it have to do with you? Somebody pray for yourself. Somebody pray for you. Somebody's praying for you right now. So lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset you and run with patience the race that is set before you. So God already has a race, a plan course for your life that's already been set before you so you don't have to try to figure it out all you got to do is go ask him and i'm gonna tell you can i tell you a secret god is always talking anybody ever been like man something told me something told me to put that dress back but mm, i look good well not me but a woman was like well i look good in that dress but you already know if you buy that dress you and your husband gonna have some intense fellowship when you get home for all y'all who don't know what intense fellowship is, ask the married couple. That's that, what that is. Y'all still in fellowship, but it's intense. And then you get to dress, you wash it one time, 
it shrinks up and it goes from a large and it looks like a medium. Y'all know what a medium is? A medium is when it shrunk up so much that it looks like you got a, a small and a medium mixed together so you can't get nothing in that thing. And you be blaming your husband saying he changed the setting on the dryer. It's not really that he changed the setting on the dryer. You know. So run with patience the race that is set before you. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus is your example. Jesus is my example. See, remember we started as saying he set you apart for a reason. Go to with me, 1 John chapter 3. Consecration. You're a diamond in the rough. How many, how many ladies like diamonds? Any ladies like diamonds? The bigger, the better. Me like big fella, ooh, ooh. So y'all can show y'all friends. Bam, look at it right there. Get your glasses, get, get, get your sunglasses on. I'm about to uncover it. Bam, that light hit it. Like, ooh, girl, you're hurting, right? I don't know a woman yet who didn't like a diamond. She may not like cubic zirconia, but she likes the diamond. Cubic zirconia, for y'all who don't know, is, is, a dime, is a fake. It looks like the real thing, but it's not the real thing. The Father told me to share this with you. First John chapter 3, verse 1 says, I'm going to read down the Passion Translation. Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that he has lavished on us. He has called us and made us his own beloved children. The reason the world doesn't recognize who we are is they didn't recognize him. Did y'all hear that part? The reason why the world doesn't recognize you is because they did not recognize him. So when you go to the world talking about your deed, the vows, they can't understand those deed, the vows, because they didn't receive his deed, the vows, when he said what it is that he said. Beloved, we are God's children right now. Now, some people will say, we all God's children. That is not true. We all were created by God, but we are not all God's children. How do you know that? He says, he just said it. If you accepted Jesus, your Lord and Savior, you have become, oh, that's good, Lord. John chapter one, verse 12, he said, as many as believed on him gave them power to become children of God. So if we was already God's children, why would he need to give us power to be able to come, become children of God? Do y'all see that? That's, yes, sir. He says, that's what the world will tell you. We already are God's children. Why do I need to accept Jesus? God is already my father. Why do I need to accept Jesus? Because Jesus is the key to the door to get you into the kingdom. He says, we are God's children right now. However, it is not yet apparent what we will become, but we do know that when it is finally made visible, we will be just like him. Like who? 
Jesus. For we will see him as he truly is. He's not, Jesus is not that uh, Norwegian, blue-eyed, long-haired, blonde-haired dude uh, that you see on a lot of postcards on, or look stoic on a lot of postcards and everything. It, and the, how will you say it? Have you ever met somebody who was born in Nazareth? You ever seen somebody who was born in Nazareth? They don't, they don't have long blonde hair or blue eyes, a Norwegian ski looking guy. That ain't what he looked like. But then don't get on the other side either because I could take you somewhere right now. If you have never seen a picture of black Jesus, I could take you to you. I'll show you a picture of black Jesus. He could be purple and polka dot for all I care. I don't care what color he is. The point is, is don't get hung up on what you believe he looks like. Because what he looked like doesn't matter as much as what it is he did. We'll see what he what, who, uh, who see him as he is, and all who focus their hope on him. You want to know how to get stay consecrated? All who focus their hope, earnest expectations on him will always be purifying themselves, just as Jesus is pure. Man, in order to be consecration, man, I can't eat this, I can't do this, I can't do, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. No, what you find out is when you get before God and you get transparent and exposed and naked before him, not literally, I'm talking about from a, you know, uh, from a spiritual father, I come before you withholding nothing from you. And according to Psalm 139, I'm asking you to search my heart and know my thoughts. And if you find anything in me that's not like you, lead me into the way that is right. In other words, I want to be intimate with you. Into me, see. See into me. I'm going to withhold nothing from you. I'm going to show you the good, the bad, the ugly, the darn right, crazy to you. Can I let you on a newsflash? It's not like he don't already know. But he, he, he won't take it from you, but he will accept it from you if you'll give it to him. Like if I reach in my pocket, I'm not going to do it. But if I reached in my pocket, I'm not going to do it, Julian. But if I reached in my pocket and handed someone my credit card, I say, hey, here you go. They didn't take it from me. I gave it to them. God wants you to offer it up to him not where he would take it from you. And this is the last scripture. God said this in Jeremiah 1 and 5. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I already knew you. Not only did I know you, Julie, but he also says, I approve of you as my chosen instrument. See, a lot of times, yes, sir, he says a lot of times the reason why people won't go through this process is because they believe that God won't accept them because of all the mistakes and issues and they didn't always say everything right and didn't do everything right. God says, before I even formed you in the womb, I already knew you and I had already approved of you. I had already chosen you as my instrument. He says, and before you were born, 
before you were born, Jordan. He says, I separated you, consecrated you, and set you apart, consecrating you and appointed you over the nations. So before you was even born, before you even came forth, before you were even a twinkle in your mama and daddy's eye, God says, I already knew you. I already approved you. I already chose you. I've already separated you. I've already set you apart for my use. And all I'm asking you to do is to come in agreement with me so that I can do a work in you that I may be able to do a work through you. That's why he's telling the church, I need you to get ready now because when everything starts going down, you're not gonna have an opportunity to get ready. You have to be ready. And that's not even to scare people. I'm just telling you, that's what he's been saying. Get ready, get ready, get them, get them ready, get them ready, get them ready. First of all, he's been telling the pastors, get, you need to get ready. And then I need you to get my people ready. So that when all these things go down, and this is not based off of what prophet so-and-so said, or apostle so-and-so said. This is what the spirit of God has said. And guess what? If you go and ask God, God, give me more details about what it is he says, and you don't cut on your phone, and you don't, you don't cut on your internet, and you don't cut on your YouTube, and you don't cut on this, and it's just you and God with a blank piece of paper and an ink pen and the Bible. He'll tell you. And he'll also show you your part in it. He'll tell you. You say, how do you know he'll tell me? Because he said he would. He said in Jeremiah 33 and 3, call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you know not. He says, but I cannot get to you what you're not ready to receive. You ever try to talk to somebody and you knew on your job and you trying to tell them the right way to go and they won't receive anything you got to say? How many of y'all keep talking to them anyway? Any of y'all? I might tell you once, I might tell you twice. There won't be a third time. I won't say anything else to you about it until you come back to me and say, okay, can you tell me about that now? Cause now I know you're ready to receive it. God is the exact same way. He'll talk to you about it, but if you're not ready to receive it, he won't keep talking to you about it. He'll just wait. But eventually, if you won't do it, he'll find somebody else who will do it. So does everybody understand where we're at? Why God says you're a diamond in the rough and what he wants to do and why. He needs you. He needs you. He needs all of us but he needs you and women, particularly you, because you've been told not to say nothing. But God says, not on, not, not, no, 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 not in what's about to happen now. He needs your voice. He need, he gave you a voice for a reason and he appointed you for this season and deliverance and healing and wholeness. In fact, I seen this happen, what, Friday night? Was it Friday? 
I gave up the date night because June was going to go with her and her co-workers were going to go out somewhere, go to eat dinner together. Uh, uh, yeah, there's a couple of them. They was physically distant, so don't trip. They had the mask and they was vaccinated and all that good stuff. But when they got there, it was supposed to be a, a friendly little dinner, Sam. It's, they got there. And then one of the women who Juan had only met maybe a couple times, seen her on, on, the, on the Zoom channel, said, I don't know why I'm saying this to you, but I feel like I should just share this with you. And she went way deep about her personal life. So what did she do? She ministered to them. She ministered to them all. And then she had another friend who she ministered to. I don't know all the stuff that they talk about because, again, I don't know. I don't ask. I only get involved if she says, hey, I need you to pray. For, she just says, I need you to pray for so-and-so. She doesn't give me all the details. I don't need to know all the details. But this is what she did say. It changed her life. One of the women who, who the last one they, who was, they was ministering in front of the house, it changed her life. And it answered this question. And if you're watching, this guy cut out this one part section just for you. It doesn't matter what you did before yesterday. It doesn't matter what you did last week. It doesn't matter what you did last month. God says this. If you acknowledge it to him, as far as the east is from the west, so far as it removed far from you, he doesn't hold it against you. He doesn't hold it to your charge. He's not mad at you. He's not upset with you. He hasn't given up on you. In fact, the fact that you even, he, he set you up for that appointment so he can have, he can minister to you one-on-one so he can restore you back into right relationship with him so that you can go out and do the work of the ministry that you know you've been called to do. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. So ladies, I'm expecting great things out of you. Sister Joanna, you all will get together and y'all do what y'all gotta do because just like we're mentoring, Men, there's young ladies who need to be mentored. Some women just need to know that God loves them. Some women just need for someone to hug them and not have wrong motives behind it. I didn't know how to accept her when I first got in church. Sam, I'm going to tell you this and we're done. This dude hugged me one time. I was ready to fight when I first came. <laughs> you don't know me like that, bro. You better, you better back up off me. Because I had never been hugged by a man like that because I was guarded because of things that had happened to me in my past. So I didn't know how to receive it. Then I started giving the hallelujah hug, hallelujah, you know, that way back hallelujah. But now, before COVID, before COVID, 
He can give you that little, <clears throat> give you a hug, like a real hug. You know, pick you up off. This guy used to pick me up off my feet, Rita. Uh, he hugged me, picked me up off my feet. I got him back one day, Sam. I got him back. I really got him back. He a bigger guy. And I, I lifted that joke up off his feet. And he felt his little feet dangling in the air. And he's taller than me and, and much bigger than me. And that was the last time he picked me off of all my feet. And they like, please don't hug me like you just hugged <laughs> You picked that joke up off his feet. He wasn't expecting that. Consecration is preparation for the assignment to which God predestined you to walk in from the foundation of the world. I'm Milton Chamberlain, and I endorse this message. So if you've never accepted Jesus before as your personal Lord and Savior, you have never, ever let Jesus come into your life, I'd like to invite you to do that with me today. If you've if you accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, but you know you haven't necessarily been living the life that God called you to live, I invite you to restore uh, uh, repair that relationship today. If you said, man, Pastor, you don't know what I've done. I mean, I'm high right now. I'm still in the bed with them right now. In fact, as I watch you, I'm about to go get back in the bed with them. I've been living the wrong lifestyle. I've been doing all these stuff. Man, how can God still love me? Because God said this. I loved you so much, I sent my son Jesus to die for you. Your, you have no sin, I don't care how much sin or how crazy it's been, that will outdo what the blood of Jesus has already done. He called him for such a time as this, and he chose this time, this message, because he knew you was watching or you'd be sitting here so us, for us to express to you God's heart for you. But I don't know how to live Say, Well, neither did I. I was still sending people to hell, saved and all. But I learned the love of God, and that's what we're going to teach you how to do. Understand the love of God. What does it look like in practical ways? You know what I found out? Just giving money is not is an expression of my love towards God, but that just throwing money at somebody is not a demonstration of love. And I'm gonna tell you why. Because Five years from now, they won't remember the gift you bought them, but they will remember how much time you spent with them opposed to the gift. The greatest gift you can give people is your time. The greatest gift I can give my wife is my time. I can get all kind of gifts, buy her favorite food. I can do all kind of stuff. But if I don't spend time with her, none of the rest of that stuff matters. Same thing with God. So husbands, spend, you, you want to affect your wife's life? Spend time with her and do what she wants, not what you want. So you're going to have to watch some chick flicks. But just call me. I, I can get you some, uh, some manly movies to help balance that stuff out for you. Glory to God. But do what's important to her. Soul deposits into that love bank. And see, that's what I'm telling you here. When you're coming before, coming to fellowship and worship together with us, it's so you can hear the Father's heart towards you. 
so you can go back and spend time with him and he can express even more of that love towards you. So if you never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you are not in right relationship, I'd like to give you an opportunity to change that today. So repeat this prayer after me. Say it out of your mouth. Mean it from your heart. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. I repent of sin. I accept your offer of forgiveness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Now, I believe I'm healed, delivered, made whole, filled with the Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' name, amen. That's the, that's, that is like consecration. That's the starting point. And what's your next step? Man, you got to find a good word-based church that will teach you about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, and also what the blood of Jesus has done for you and how to apply it to your everyday life. See, a lot of times people hear what the word says, but they, okay, I heard, but what does that mean to my life today? Well, I'd like to help you, invite you. Hey, if you want to come and join us here at Ignite Depot, you're more than welcome to. We meet here every morning and every Sunday morning at 9.30. Well, uh, pre-service prayer starts at 9.25 and then at 9.30 we start the meeting. But I told you, it's the last Sunday we was going to be doing church as usual. So if you come in here, that means you want to be trained up so you can mature in the things of God, so you can go out and do the work of the ministry and carry out the assignment to which God called you here in the earth from the foundation of the world to understand how the kingdom of God operates. That's why we're here. So on behalf of Sister Joanne and all of us here at Ignite Nation, we want to thank you for that joining us. Remember this, you was created on purpose for purpose from the foundation of the world. Now get, get some time by yourself with God and find out what that is. We thank you for it. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Bye-bye.